Shalom Aleichem, on behalf of Teach 613, we welcome you to Take 10 for Talmud. We are recording in Silver Spring, Maryland, and are so glad that you can join us. Gitin Yud Gimel, Gitin 13a, pagination is 25, about midway on the page, Masnisin Enu Mishnah. Ha'omar Tenu Ishti, a person who says, give this get, this bill of divorce, to my wife, or this document that will also change status of a person. It's referring to a slave that is being granted his freedom. Umesani died before the document could leave his hands. As Rashi tells us, He never gave it over to the hands of the messenger during his lifetime. So the halacha is, lo yitnu misa. You can't give it after his death, because now that he's dead, the whole situation has changed. And whatever the ramifications are, so be it. For example, the woman may very well have wanted to be divorced from him before his death. If this man did not have children, she's going to have the status of a yavama if she's still married to him at the time of his death, and she's going to have to do Yibamor Chalitza with this deceased husband's brother. Similarly, we can follow the logic by this slave who was going to be granted his freedom, but it never happened during the lifetime of the owner. Once the owner passes away, the slave is an asset which gets inherited. And the son, for example, may not necessarily be inclined to free him. And the fact that it, there is a document that was supposed to grant him his freedom doesn't change anything because it was never given to him and therefore the act of acquisition or the act of freedom, the act of status change did not happen during the man's lifetime. In contrast, the Mishnah concludes, If a person on his deathbed said, give a certain asset to a certain person, it may be given after his death even though it's a comparable case and there was no act of acquisition done during the dying man's lifetime. Nevertheless, as the Gemara explains, six lines up, Kaimalon, we have a rule, the the words of a person who is deathly ill, are considered as if they were properly uh, administered and are considered a good Kenyan. It's as if it was written up in a document and given to the recipient as a proper Kenyan. Now, the reason for that is a special Takana Durabonon that we're worried that if a person on his deathbed, when he doesn't have the presence of mind and the opportunity to write everything up the way he wants it and have it signed by witnesses and properly done with a Kenyan, we're worried that he would become agitated 
that his wishes will not be carried out. And therefore there's a takana that whatever he expresses as his wishes shall be considered, if it's this scenario of a dying man, that uh, it's considered as if it was administered properly. Indeed, in Shulchan Aruch HaShem Mishpat Reishnun Gimel Sif Yudches, Shechiv Rasha Omar, a dying person, man or woman, that says, Tenu Mane Leploni, give a certain asset to a certain person, Nosnim, we will in fact give it, and it will not be part of the inheritance. Ben Omar Mane Zu, Ben Omar Mane Stam, there's a certain amount of liberty in how he expressed it. Fahani Mili provided that b'mitzava machmas misa shekona ba'amira, that you're dealing with a case of a person who's indeed dying, and therefore simply on his say so, the kinyan is considered to have been done. Now, some people wonder why we don't rely on this takana shechiv meirah for all of our inheritance needs? The obvious answer is that a person doesn't know exactly when they're going to die and they will not necessarily be in a condition lying in bed with people ready to listen to them with the presence of mind to say everything that they want to say. And therefore we have it written up well before, and we do kinyonim in a way that we do not rely on this concept of shchiv meirah. What is commonly done is that people will write a secular will outlining how they would like, it's like a disclosure, how they would like their property to be dispersed. The problem with a secular will is that halachically it's too late. A secular will will not take effect until the person has already died. And once the person dies, their assets would already go to the halachic inheritors as described in Parshas Pinchas, uh, generally to the male children. In order that a person's desires that his monies be split in accordance with his wishes, perhaps going to his wife, perhaps including his daughters, perhaps going to other nieces, nephews, different people that he would like to give to, what we do is a special halachic will instrument which, coupled with the secular will which discloses his desires, they will work in tandem and together will effectuate the gifts as he desires them to be. The difference is that the halachic will instrument works with a leverage of gifts, which happen a moment before the person dies, and as a result of those leveraged gifts, the disclosure that's done inside the secular will will actually be enforced. How exactly to write a halachic will instrument is something that a person 
should take care of in consultation with their halachic advisor. But for the most part, it is a typically done as a two-page document and fairly standard will leverage things with a few minor considerations, will leverage things in a way that a person's wishes, as expressed in the secular will, will be carried out. Yoshe thank you for joining.